0: Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, mountaintop experiences. I think many of us have had them. Those times when we felt like we were on top of the world, really happy, confident that we know all the answers could solve any problem that comes up. Or we feel that we're really close to God, really in tune with God's plan for us. In those moments, we are excited and alive. It could be anything. It might be a graduation, your wedding day, the birth of a child. Think about some of your own personal mountaintop experiences that you've had in life. Mountains often had a significant role in God's connection with his people. The expression, mountaintop experience, may have even originated from the Bible because of the contact that God had with his people on various mountaintops. It was on Mount Ararat that Noah's Ark came to rest after the flood, and God made his covenant with Noah there promising never to flood the earth again and giving the rainbow as a sign of that promise. On one of the mountains in the region of Moriah, God asked Abraham to sacrifice his only son, Isaac, through whom God promised Abraham would become a great nation. On that mountain, God provided the ram as a substitute for Isaac. Later, Solomon would build the temple on Mount Moriah, the place where substitutionary sacrifices would be offered until Jesus' time. God called to Moses from the burning bush on Mount Horeb. On Mount Sinai, also known as Mount Horeb, God revealed his character to Moses and gave him the Ten Commandments. On Mount Carmel, Elijah challenged the false prophets of Baal to a contest to see which God would answer by fire. Of course, it was the Lord who demonstrated his power that day. And after that great contest later on, Elijah was running for his life and he traveled to Mount Horeb and God met him there in the gentle whisper. Jesus taught his disciples on the Mount of Olives. And he was transfigured on a mountain. It shouldn't surprise us that Moses and Elijah, who both had their own mountaintop experiences, were seen talking with Jesus on that mountain. And on a day like today, we must not forget Mount Zion, the place where King David built his city, later called Jerusalem. Mount Zion figuratively points forward to the new heaven and new earth, where all believers will one day be welcomed into God's dwelling place forever. In the gospel reading, Jesus goes up onto a mountain and gives what we call the Beatitudes, a number of statements describing those who are blessed. We hear these things and we're supposed to have wonderful feelings of comfort, peace, and hope because all of us fit into there somewhere. On that mountain, Jesus calls us blessed. And I don't know about you, but sometimes, all the time, I look at this list in the Beatitudes and I don't see myself anywhere. I'm not mourning I'm not meek. I'm not hungering or thirsting for righteousness. Quite the opposite, opposite actually. I hunger and thirst for plenty of things, but righteousness isn't one of them. I'm definitely not pure in heart, and I'm not actively persecuted. Maybe I feel that way because for most of us, our life is not lived on the mountains. And we aren't living with constant mountaintop experiences. When Jesus is transfigured, Peter offers to put up shelters for Jesus, Moses, and Elijah. It says he didn't really know what to say. But maybe there's a part of him that wanted to stay up on that mountain. That wanted to soak in all of that glory for as long as he could. Jesus, of course, doesn't allow them to stay because his sights were set on something greater, something that was much more important. And so Jesus and the disciples come down from the mountain back to the ground level. Most of our lives are lived on the ground or even in the valley. We might even call it the valley of the shadow of death. As David says in Psalm 23, And that's because when you take a look around, we live our lives in the shadow of death. Death is all around us because we are all actively dying. I know it's not something we often think of, and it might sound pretty disheartening, but from the day we are born, we're not getting younger. We're only getting older and closer to death each day. And that's because of sin. Sin has brought death into the world. Sin is the reason that our bodies get weak and become frail and suffer all kinds of afflictions and sicknesses and diseases like cancer, Parkinson's, dementia, ALS, heart attacks, strokes. You name it, sin did it. And if we don't experience these things with our own body someday, we all know someone has or will, and you don't even have to look outside this room to see it. Sin causes pain and suffering. It only hurts, destroys, and brings death. And on a day like All Saints Day, we remember the effects that sin has had on our loved ones. We see their pictures and we're reminded that the result of sin is death. And we can take a look at our own lives and see the effects that sin has. Because it's not just about physical death. Sin daily draws us away from God, leads us astray through temptation. And as we give into temptation and as we sin, we get further away from God sin only brings pain and suffering and punishment because the consequences of sin go beyond physical death sin demands eternal death sin demands hell for all who sin that's you that's me and that certainly seems pretty hopeless And for all who sin, that is a reality. But on a day like today, we don't talk about hopelessness because we remember all those whose hope is fully realized because we remember all those who have gone before us in faith who are in heaven. So let's go back to a mountain. Jesus Christ knew he couldn't stay up on the Mount of Transfiguration but had to come down from there changed forever, but with the reality of the work that was still to be done on earth. Jesus knew that was the cross. He knew he had to make his way to Jerusalem and pay the price for our sins. He knew that the only way to reverse the curse of sin was to become sin for us, to take the death that we deserve Thus, Jesus' mountaintop experience was Mount Calvary, where he voluntarily laid down his life for each and every one of us. And he rose from the dead, proving that he had accomplished all of this for us. Sin wants us to turn away from the only one who can take death and make life come from it, the only one who can bridge the gap that sin has created. The only one who can take our sin, take our death, take our hell, and give us life in return. Eternal, everlasting life. Heaven. That is what Jesus Christ has done for us. He has given us the forgiveness of our sins. And he gives eternal life to all who believe. And he has given these gifts to the church in a number of ways. And we call these the means of grace. And so in our Christian life, these become mountaintop experiences. We have the sacrament of holy baptism, where we are clothed with Christ. We are washed and cleansed, and our sins are forgiven. And we are called to remember our baptism daily, to remember that mountaintop experience of sins forgiven of being marked as one redeemed by Christ the crucified. In baptism, we see that, that we are not just children of our parents, but that we are also God's children as we are brought into his family. The next one, while it's not a mean of, means of grace, might be a mountaintop experience, is confirmation, where we confirm the faith that was instilled in baptism. Baptism which then leads to our next means of grace, the sacrament of the Lord's Supper, where we receive the body and blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of our sins, for the strengthening of our faith, and for our salvation. Changed forever, but with the reality of eternal life because of faith. It is faith that saves us, and it is the word of God that changes us. And when the word of God is combined with the water in baptism and the bread and wine in the Lord's Supper, it works in us forgiveness and salvation because it makes the future hope of heaven a present reality because faith gives the assurance of eternal life. Faith that has been gifted to us by God through the power of the Holy Spirit. Salvation, eternal life that has been gifted to us because of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. As we gather on this All Saints Day and see the faces of loved ones, it's easy to be reminded of funerals. Funerals aren't mountaintop experiences for those of us here on earth although maybe we should view them as such. Because funerals remind us that while life does come to an end on this earth, eternal life has been fully realized for all of those who believe. Those that we now call saints. But for those of us who believe, we are also saints here on earth. Because all of us have eternal life right now. Because of faith. On All Saints Day, it's not about going from death to life. From mortality to immortality. It's about going from life to life. From life on earth to eternal life with God in paradise. And so today we remember the loved ones who have gone before us. The people that we've had to say goodbye to. But for Christians, there aren't really goodbyes. There are only see you later. Goodbyes seem kind of final, but death is not final. It's not the end. There are much greater things in store, and we who believe will all be there to see it. That's because death doesn't get the last word, Jesus does life does. And Jesus tells us in John 16, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus overcame sin, death, and the devil for us. He overcame the grave to give each and every one of us eternal life eternal life that is ours right now for all who believe. You may leave this place today and I will never see you again. But for those who believe, as David says in Psalm 23, we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And I will see you later. Amen. And now the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our risen Savior. Amen.